On this episode of the Talking Bear Football Podcast, recorded September 27th, 2020, Jason, Stephen, and Matt discuss the Bears' Week 5 win over Mack Valley, check in on the rest of District 5, and take a look at this week's opponent, the Durant Wildcats. It is a rainy Sunday as we record the Talking Bear Football podcast. Right here on westbranchfootball.com. But the rain was not holding up anything on Friday night as it was a beautiful sunshiny day all day and a beautiful clear sky at night and a beautiful performance by the West Branch Bears as they defeated the McQuokita Valley Wildcats. 50-14 to was the final score. And Matt, I'll kick it to you first this week. A little bit of the same from week four to week five. It just carried over. And this team is starting to find a little bit of an identity. Yeah, the last nine quarters of West Branch football has been classic, you know, West Branch football. I mean, the defense has been fantastic all season, but we're really starting to see that offense uh, come around. And, you know, it started in that fourth quarter against Cascade and Solon. It continued last week against Wilton and Friday against McQuokita Valley. Uh, they really poured it on. What I really liked seeing from them was they just made their way down the field. You know, a couple big plays here and there to help them do that, but it, they they didn't get themselves into you know third down situations where they had to force themselves to convert to keep keep the offense out on the field. You know, they were getting first downs and making their way down on the down the field mostly on first and second down which is really nice, and passing and rushing it really didn't matter. The Bears could move down the field, and that balance and that um, lack of predictability, so to speak, you know, from a defensive perspective, um, is really doing this team wonders. And Steven, I think Matt covered a little bit of the offense. Throw in a little bit of the defense and sprinkle what you want. This defense this year has been pretty much the calling card for all year, and now the offense is catching up. But this defense held McQuokita Valley, a team that has been putting up yards and points kind of at will on their opponents, held them to just 14 points and a little less than 230 total yards, 260, sorry, total yards. Well, and if you look at that, um, of those 260, they had two 60-plus yard touchdowns. So take away 120 on two plays really kept them in check, and that was their 14 points as well. And for a team averaging almost 40 per contest, you know, I was a little concerned after that opening drive because Makokota Valley gets the ball and they march right down the field. They start at the 25, they get inside the West Branch 20, and I'm just like, wow, man, this quarterback, Sternhagen, he's for real. This is a good team. And our defense bowed our necks, and then suddenly you've got three and out, three and out, three and out, turnover. And then they give up a touchdown and then three and out turnover. So kind of replicating what we saw at Wilton of maybe bend a little bit early and then really buckle things down and give that offense a chance to really click. And, you know, by the time you get to the second half, you've got a 35 point lead and, you know, they're basically playing catch up out there with a run oriented offense. And to continue on that, you know, what's wild and I didn't realize didn't realize this till now, till I'm actually looking at the actual numbers. Mac Valley's first drive and their last drive, uh, nine plays and 10 plays each. Every other drive in between there, four plays or less. Yeah. That is amazing. 
That's a good defensive statistic. If you could keep that up throughout four quarters, even three quarters or two quarters, that's pretty darn good. Matt, just to kind of say say something on top of what, what you promoted was how the Bear defense was not putting themselves into third down situations. The offense. The, the offense. Sorry. Thank yep. you for correcting me there. The offense. Something that would lend itself to letting itself to more of a balance. Well, the offense was semi-balanced by yardage-wise, but look at the first downs that West Branch had. 22 first downs. 16 of them came on the ground. That is, that's a nice stat, specifically just two weeks ago when the Bears had to throw 49 passes in a catch-up scenario. So they're starting to get a little bit more identity on an offensive of a balanced team, which is exactly what Coach Hirschman would want. Scoring breakdown, Matt, of that 50-14 to 14 win on Friday. Yeah, sure. So uh, buckle in again here like we did last week. Scoring got started in the first quarter. Uh, Mac Valley got the ball first. Um, Bears you know, bent but didn't break and got the ball back and drove right down the field in just five plays. Um, got in the end zone with the Gavin Hirschman quarterback sneak. Um, his first rushing touchdown of the season, which when Stephen Gray said that, I couldn't believe that. Trey Shooties, too. Well, yeah, that too, yeah. Um, but yeah, that drive, a couple big plays. Uh, big one to Peyton Miller. Um, and then also, a, a, I think it was maybe the very next play, a good one to, to Carver Belk as well. So 7 nothing the Bears at that point. Uh Still in the first quarter, Andy Henson, a two-yard rush on just a two-play drive um, for, for a touchdown. That drive was set up, by again, by Peyton Miller, big play from Peyton Miller, a uh, punt return. Um, they got the Bears set up. Um, I think he was down or, you know, around the 20 or something like that, but then a, penalty, a, a face mask penalty on top of that got the Bears inside the 10. Uh, so pretty uh, pretty good starting field position there. So 14 to nothing at that point. Bears driving right at the end of the, the first quarter. So the first play of the second quarter, Andy Henson uh, goes in for a one-yard touchdown run, his second of the game. Um, again, another just a five-play drive. So 21 to nothing at that point for, for West Branch. And then uh, still in the second quarter, Bears got up 28 to nothing on a Dom Culver 14-yard rush, his second touchdown of his career. Um, and that was set up by a uh, Jeff Bowie fumble recovery. So, again, another two-play drive. So, yeah, I mean, it helps when you have this good field position, but even when the Bears didn't have, you know, great field position, they were still just marching their way down the field and scoring, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, still in the second quarter, Mac Valley gets on the board with a 64-yard touchdown pass and catch, um, and the two-point conversion was good there, so 28-8. to West Branch. Still in the second quarter, Jason, this one to come right to came right to you. Gavin Hirschman goes drop back, drops back to pass, quickly felt some pressure, started to roll out, couldn't find anybody in the end zone. So he saw the corner of the end zone just wide open and took off for it and dove. Uh, what was your perspective on that one, Jay? I, the perspective was when he turned the corner to come to the pylon, I was right there. When he got to about the sixth, there's nobody out there. My hands went up with the it's good sign because I just knew he had he had the speed and the angle to get to the corner. It was close, though. <laughs> it was close. He dove from about the two, and and was you know the ball was easily over the over the goal line. So thirty five to eight at that point, and then last uh, scoring play of the first half, another Gavin Hirschman uh, rushing touchdown, his third of the game. That was just from the one yard line. The two point conversion uh, attempt to go up by that thirty five points uh, is a little pass from Gavin to Peyton Miller and Gavin at. Gavin's pass actually got just tipped at the line of scrimmage, but uh, Peyton made a good adjustment to it and, and grabbed it and got in the end zones for that two-point conversion. So 43-8 to eight is where we sat at halftime. 
Third quarter, Dom Culver gets into the end zone again for his second touchdown of the game, this time from nine yards out. Um, and he had some really good effort on that play. I think he was maybe hit at the five or something like that, but he just kept yeah. going and going and going and dove um, the last two yards or something like that to, to get over the get over the end zone line. So um, 50 to eight at that point, West Branch. And then uh, last play or last uh, scoring play of the game, Mac Valley Sternhagen, um, just an incredible play by him. Um, just scrambling around all in the backfield, couldn't find anywhere to go. Finally finds a receiver downfield and uh, 60 yards later, uh, 62, whatever it was, yards later, um, they were back in the end zone and the two-point conversion was no good. So 50-14 to 14 West Branch and that is how we ended. So some statistical breakdown, Stephen. I'll take West Branch. You can take McQuilkin Valley or you can take West Branch. I'll take McQuilkin Valley. You choose. I don't care. You take it. All right. West Branch. You start, I'll finish. You got it. You are a closer, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about my starting performance here. 361 total yards of offense for the Bears, 207 on the ground, 154 through the air. The Bears were 8 of 14. Uh, Gavin Hirschman was 8 of 14 uh, through the air for 154. Only three penalties this week for the Bears. As of the last two weeks, they went double digits. So they, they cut the penalties down. And the Bears on did had... I'm... The, the stat I'm confused on is, not really confused, but I was surprised when I saw this number. The Bears had zero sacks in this game. Now, when you got an elusive quarterback, I get it. But I do recall seeing that quarterback get sacked for about an eight-yard loss on fourth down is what I thought. But perhaps I'm wrong. But anyway. It might have been uh, the might have classic because I think one of them, it was a design quarterback keep. So he, yeah. So they might have considered him a running back, not a quarterback. So that was on it a was a tackle down. for a loss, okay. but not a sack. Hey, either way, it was in the Bears' advantage, huh? But 22 first downs for the Bears, as we said earlier, 16 on the ground, six through the air, none by penalty. Although the Mac Valley uh, Wild, Wildcast team will tell you they only had two penalties. So there were only five penalties in that game, a very clean game, all in all. But again, 50-14 to 14 is the most important statistic. West Branch wins. Stephen, Maquoketa Valley stats? Um, unofficially, because uh, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, I'm going off of my stuff. I had him for about 130 on the ground and 130 through the air. So Works. Um, 260 total. Like I said, 125 of that, 26 of that, coming on two plays, which were the two long touchdowns. Um, but yeah, and then you also look... They had probably, what, about 50 or 60 yards, probably 60-ish on that opening drive as well. Correct. So opening drive was 180 yards. They had two long touchdowns. And then that last drive where they probably drove for another 40 or 50 when we had um, a lot of our younger guys in there. So um, all in all, our defense played a very, very good game. And that's going to be key uh because these next two contests, we're going to take on some pretty good offensive opponents. Yeah, Matt, and Stephen brought this up talking about the first drive, how it really, I think defensively, set the tone for the entire game for West Branch How The Bears got it. The, the Wildcats drove right down the field on West Branch, but the Bears gave up zero points. Yeah, I'm sure for Mac Valley that was pretty defeating because, you know, not many teams have been able to drive like that uh, against – West Branch so far this season, or at least sustained drives like that. And, you know, they got down there and the Bears really hunkered down and um, kind of got their feet under them for the game and uh, really didn't relinquish control for, for the rest of the game. It was 
It was quite impressive. Yeah, and the Bears, after that fourth down stop, come right away, right into the air. On the first play of from scrimmage, I believe a 46-yard completion to Peyton Miller. And then just four plays later, they, they finish off a five-play, 82-yard drive. And yes, I think maybe demoralizes is a little bit when you put it on one someone, but then they take it right away and go right down your throat and, and they put it put it in the end zone. That's not going to make you feel good on a homecoming game. And get up 28 nothing. <laughs> and just like that, boom, 28 to nothing. So 50 to 14 was the final. Anybody have any more takeaways from this game? Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say was kudos to Mac Valley. Um, I mean, I know that there was a lot of talk in the media going up, but their ceremony at halftime was very well done, very appropriate, honored the memory of those two young people. And um, I know that Jake Stenberg, Coach Peterson, all of the staff, all of the players are very happy that we were able to go up there and make that possible for them, for that community to have just another step in the healing process. Fantastic. Can't say much better than that. I did want to say a couple of things. Yeah, two things. Um, one is, um, you know, good to, you know, Saturday morning we got the news that Caleb Sexton was doing okay. Um, you know, good for him because I know Friday, Friday laying there on the field, he was in some pretty big pain. Um, you know, we could hear it up in the press box. So good to hear that, um, you know, he was there at practice Saturday morning, obviously not participating in practice. Um, <laughs> right. But we, uh, you know, of course, give him uh, best wishes and his recovery and, you know, hopefully we can see him out there, you know, maybe come playoff time, but, um, um, you know, just hopefully a good recovery for him. And he, uh, he comes back to full strength at, at some point. Last thing is, you know, it seems like the bears are, they are peaking at the right time or starting to peak. I don't even, I don't know if we've hit the peak, but they are ramping up at the exact correct time that they need to. Um, final two weeks of the season coming up against the two teams that we need to beat in the district uh, to win. I mean, it's we'll get into this, but it's simple as this. is The Bears win these next two games, they win the district. That's it's as simple, as, simple as, that. as that. And so yes. they are really starting to ramp up at the right time. Defenses seems just to even be getting stronger. Offense is starting to click. All of these players are really starting to gel. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing where this goes. I'll have some interesting numbers for you. I typed some things up here after we do a District 5 check-in, Matt. Yeah, only uh, two two other district games this week, you know, of course, with Northeast um, Northeast and West Branch having to cancel. Well, Northeast having to cancel. Um, so the other two district games, um, actually pretty big important ones, too, for kind of shaping the, the, the district here. Beckman defeated Durant, Durant's first loss on the season, 24-17. to and Cascade defeated Wilton 34-6. to So looking at our district standings, we have Beckman in the lead now with at 3-0 in the district. Cascade at 2-1. Durant at 1-1, uh, along with West Branch at 1-1. Northeast is 0-1, having only played that one district game. And Wilton is 0-3 in the district now. Interesting stat from that Beckman-Durant game, 24-17. Like Matt said, Beckman coming up victorious. I looked at their stats. Here's a fun thing for you. It was close, yet Beckman had 72 offensive plays to just 44 for Durant in a four-quarter game. That's that's uh, ball get, you got ball control and give Durant credit. I mean, 28 more plays they saw another team have, but yet they didn't. They were right in that ball game. But before we get into talking about Durant and uh, talking about some more statistics, how about we hear from our sponsors? 
Julie and Dan Hayes from EMS Detergent Services. EMS Detergent Services has been providing janitorial supplies to businesses across the Midwest for over 50 years. Based in North Liberty, EMS uses products made right here in Iowa and offers exceptional and affordable services for their clients. Learn more at emsdetergentservices.com. Julie and Dan Hayes at EMS Detergent Services, proud supporters of the West Branch Bears. Well, guys, before we talk about our next opponent, I kind of teased it. I have some interesting stats because when you know you wake up on a, at 6 in the morning on a day off, things go through your mind and you want to you look at some stuff. Here is one. I've got some interesting stats. I looked up Class 1A rankings for West Branch kids in certain statistics. Now, in the end, the only stat that matters is West Branch is going to win or lose a football game, of course. But just for fun, Peyton Miller has 26 receptions on the season. Where do you guys think that ranks him in Class 1A across the state? Fourth. Matt? Seventh. How about number one in all of Class 1A? Peyton Miller's wow. 26 receptions. Odd statistic at part of that, no touchdowns. Interesting. But the Bears are winning, so that's the important thing. Kale Federlin, just to stay with that leading Class 1A thing, his four field goals made and attempted, both lead Class 1A. In second, Dyersville Beckman kicker, who West Branch is in Week 7, Logan Bircher, is 3 of 5. Gavin is second in the state in completions. He's 76 of 117 for the season and also second in passer rating at 130.7. He's number four in passing yardage and number five in all-purpose yards and has played one less game than everybody above him in all those statistical categories. The completion leader that has one more completion lead, one more completion than him, has attempted five more passes. Dante Dolish from South Harden. The ratings leader, Cooper DeJean. Anybody know that name? He is going to be an Iowa Hawkeye recruit. He uh, last year led OABCIG, a.k.a. the number one team in Class 1A, to a 2A, dist- or 2A state championship. They've now dropped to 1A, and they're clicking on all cylinders again, putting up points and yardage like, like uh, PlayStation games. He's got 15 passing touchdowns to lead the state in five more attempts than Gavin. So that's why his rating is a little bit higher than passing touchdowns. He's got, got five more than Gavin in that category. And here's the fun stats, and then we'll, which will kind of move us right into Durant, our next opponent. District 5 running backs. There are two of them, obviously, I'm going to talk about. Are 1 and 2 in rushing touchdowns in Class 1A. One we have seen, Jack Minster of Cascade, is number 1. Number 2, Nolan, Nolan DeLong. DeLong. And those two gentlemen also are tied for the number 1 spot in rushing yardage in Class 1A at 893 yards. No. Nolan DeLong is going to be a name you hear a lot as West Branch plays Durant, the Durant Wildcats on Friday at Durant. You're going to hear wait, a lot wait, from... Wait, wait, wait. We're on the road? <laughs> uh, let me... Che- yep, that checks we'll out. On the- oh. No way. I don't believe it. Yes, that checks so, out. <laughs> Jason, I'm going to uh, kind of jump on what you were just talking about there. Go for it. You know, you're talking about stat leaders and where Gavin ranks in passing and this, that, and the other thing. And... You couple that with Nolan DeLong, who's one of the top running backs in Class 1A. If you look at Keegan Head, the quarterback for Durant, Mm -hmm. he has fewer passing attempts all season long than Gavin had against Cascade. (laughs) They've thrown the ball 39 times all season. Gavin threw it 49 times against Cascade alone. I think, Stephen, if you dig even further, 
uh, offensive coordinator John Hirschman and I were talking this morning. I think he told me that in one of the games, he couldn't remember which, either against Loiza Musk week one or week two, Durant com- attempted zero passes. Yeah. In a, but in, when you win 41 to nothing and 49 to nothing, nothing, yeah, you're not going to throw really very need much. To. But in a high school football game, zero passes. I mean, Sigourney Kyoto's even throwing passes down there, and they run the football a lot. But yeah, that's an interesting stat. That one might be the most interesting of all of these. So he has attempted more, less passes. Say that again. He has fewer pass attempts on the entire season than Gavin attempted in the Cascade game. Oh alone. my goodness! Yeah, That's they so, threw. He has. Yeah, they threw zero against North Cedar Week One. Okay. Yeah, he thirty-nine pass attempts. So he's, you know, averaging what, ten attempts per game, yeah. roughly. Yeah. H- hence the reason why Nolan DeLong may be leading the state in rushing yardage. He's getting a lot of attempts, but he's a pretty good running back as well. There's there's a reason that he's got those attempts because he is a pretty darn good running back he's a pretty <laughs> as a sophomore. As a sophomore, that is correct. Twelve so, and a half yards a carry and eleven it. touchdowns. Yeah, so twelve point six to be exact. Oh yeah, nine hundred. <laughs> I mean, pretty much nine hundred yards through just four games. Yeah, that is uh, two hundred and twenty three point three per contest. Yeah, it's wow. ridiculous. But, and he only and he only had one hundred and sixty three last week. So that <laughs> means one one of the weeks he had to have about three hundred. Yeah, I'm, Matt. You want to dive into that? We'll get in. We'll, he, that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just in general, Durant. I mean, they do the majority of their damage on the ground, and if they're going to throw it, it seems like it's kind of situational passing. Maybe um, you know, longer third down plays, or try to keep defenses honest, or something like that. But the thing is, is you know, with um, you know, Stephen, you mentioned Keegan Head. Um, he can run the ball as well, along with yeah. Nolan DeLong. So, you know. Watching some of their games, you know, I've I've seen that their uh, read option plays can be pretty um, pretty tricky, uh, just because you could have DeLong or Head take that ball, and they both got some decent speed, um, <clears throat> and so I I think it's going to be important for the Bears uh, defensively, you know, Jeff Bowie, Jack Buell, and even in the linebackers, if if the Bears are playing in a three four, uh, it's going to be important for them to really stay home, um, keep their assignments, and make sure nobody gets to the outside. Um, because DeLong will kill you if if you try to race him to the outside. He's going to beat you. Um, and if not, he'll cut it back up in because he's, he's elusive. He's really light on his feet, um, and he can he can hit those holes pretty pretty quickly. So, yeah, big going to be important for the uh, the Bears to keep that edge and also make tackles, you know, the first time that they hit him. And oddly enough, guys, really quickly, you talk about Keegan Head as we look at his stats for the game for the season so far. Stephen already mentioned that he's only throwing about 10 passes per game. But every time he completes a pass, 23.5 yards per catch, per reception, per completion, sorry. 17 completions, averaging 23.5 yards per completion, 399 yards. So basically 100 yards per, per game on, on in through the air as well. Besides the, they have what, 1,229 yards? How much is that, Stephen? I know you got the numbers down per game rushing. 307.3. Yeah, that's a lot of yards. That's a lot of time yeah. off the clock. They're putting, up four, they're putting up 400 yards of offense per game. They've got just under 100 yards ru- or passing a game too. So Yeah, this is a team that you don't want to get behind on. Because they will run the clock and run the clock and then probably run it some more. So playing catch-up is not what you want to do against a Durant Wildcat team. 
No. That and I'll, I'm going to say the DeLong name again because Go ahead. Um, you know, we've talked about offense, 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 but him on defense too. Read my uh, mind. He's their number one defensive guy too. Um, he leads the team's team in tackles, sacks, tackles for losses, you name it. Um, it's a six foot, 190, 190 pounds. You know, just he doesn't look big, but he's got some power to him um, and he's quick. So, uh, you know, they uh, Durant goes as he goes. He had 14 and a half tackles last week alone. Yeah. So that's Kale Federland numbers. Yeah. And he is around the ball on both sides mm-hmm. of the football. So I think the key things, uh, Matt has touched on it. I'll throw it over to you, Stephen. What do you think are some of the keys beside the obvious of saying, hey, Mr. DeLong, you're not going to get your yards tonight? I think one of the things that, you know, as I'm looking at different things, um, you know, Durant has. You know, in years past, not really the greatest team. In the last probably five, six, seven years, they've really turned things around. They've gotten a lot better. We've had a lot of good contests down there. And I think one of the things that has really helped them out is special teams. And obviously, we talk about that a lot. We talk about Kale Federlin. Uh, but you look, I mean, Logan Wolf, 15 out of 18 on PATs. He's got a couple of field goals, but the kickoffs. And, you know, he's getting some height. He's getting depth on those. And so I think... An area that we've done well, but I think we could really make a big difference in this game is with our special teams play. You know, Peyton had that 50-yard punt return this past Friday night. If we can get some of those good returns on the kickoff team or make sure that we're containing them so that they're not getting good field position to be able to just grind it out like they like to do, but maybe put them a little longer field to where they feel maybe some more pressure that they might have to, you know, chuck it down the field a little bit more in the air might make a big difference. So I really think um, that special teams is really going to start to pop up these next two games and as you get into the playoffs because you know that's where the good to great teams really start to separate is some of those other little things besides just, hey, I've got a good quarterback or a good running back. We've got a good all-around football team. Yes, and I think that for West Branch, why I think I wanted to focus the, when we talked about the statistics from the last game against Mac Valley where the Bears got 16 first downs on on the ground is something against a team that's a ball control team like a Durant is. You want to sustain some drives. You want to take cl- time off the clock that they aren't allowed to take off when the other team has the football, and specifically with Durant, as they run the ball for over 300 yards per game, keeping it out of their hands. I mean, it's cliche, but keeping it out of their hands, that's a good thing. That's a very, very good thing. So... Before we get into Picks to Click with Stephen and Matt and myself, let's hear from another one of our sponsors, Liberty Communications. Expect more from your internet provider. Liberty Communications offers consistently fast and reliable connections with their Fusion Internet. Nothing is faster than a fiber optic network for residential or commercial needs, and Liberty offers a variety of packages up to one gigabit best meet those needs. Learn more by visiting libertycommunications.com. So it's picks to click time. I always love it when we all win. When the Bears win, we all win. Regardless of who we've picked, the Bears have won. It's victory for everybody. But, but I don't but Matt, I don't even <laughs> recall who we picked last week, but let me know because I'm sure you will. I I just have to say mine probably had one of the biggest things in terms of Drake Barry had to be our backup long snapper on an extra yeah. point and on a punt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm going to lobby all night long that, you know, give the big fella some love for that. I'm going to plug that. I'm with you. Well, he did great, you know, from defensive line too. Yeah. Really, really And long. offensive line. I mean, every, yeah, he just had a great game, period. So. Well, Stephen, if you recall on the Bearcast, after the first drive, I said to you guys, are you guys watching Drake Barry right now? Because he had three consecutive plays where he was pushing his guy five to seven yards down the field. So, yeah. Uh, Jason, you had Andy Henson. Okay. Pretty good game. He had a good Couple game. Touchdowns, really nice tackles. And I yeah. had Peyton Miller. Pretty good game there as well. Yeah. Good special teams play. We all win. A couple of big receptions. Yeah, I think we all win because the yeah. Bears won. Because the Bears won. Really quickly, though, I want to thank – I said it on, on the Bearcast, and, Stephen, I'll bring it up with you here, or Matt, you can chime in as well, with the special teams. It's not just Kale Federlin making a kick or Drake Berry or making a snap and Kelby making wonderful holds. This one time he had one over his head and he put it down. And Kale had that nice sand wedge shot over the over the t- the up the go uh, you know the crossbar is, is, is what it's called. Uh, it is also on kickoff coverage has been absolutely wonderful. Three consecutive times, the first three times the Bears were on kickoff coverage. Gavin Hills was in on a play. I think I brought it up on the Bearcast too, but he made a play yep. and led on one play. He had a guy made the runner come inside so Carver Belt could finish him off. But I want to give a little shout out to him. He's been doing a really good job from his spot near the outside gunner. So, but who were our, our picks to click this week? I guess it says that I go first. That's wow. True. You know, as we've already chronicled, the keeping the ball in the offensive hand is going to be a big thing. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and do this and take a one timer. The big guy is really going to gum things up in the middle. It's going to be very important, and I know he's going to gum things up. They're going to double-team him and hopefully push Mr. DeLong and Mr. Head when they're running the ball right into his teammates. That's Jeff Bowie. That's my pick to click this week. That's exactly who I was going to take. I was just feeling that it's, you know, uh, we're going to need a good game from him, potentially a coming-out party. He's been somewhat quiet this season, you know, it's whether it's, you know, getting double teamed, you know, running away from him, whatever it is. Um, it's if this team wants to really take it to that next level, Jeff Bowie's going to be that catalyst. And so that's a that's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, man. All these options. I know. You've got 25 more kids you could choose from. But know. it's just really hard to pick from. I know. You've got a lot of a lot of people. You bet. Um. I'm going to go with uh, Cole Bailey. Okay. I like how uh, he's been put into the uh, put in the offense and doing well on defense too. And some of those offensive packages that he's in, uh, fullback or guard or whatever it is, um, he's been a – I think he's becoming a vital – he's just – he's becoming one of those um, under – I guess he's a junior. Would you call it an underclassman? I guess an underclassman. Yeah. Uh, becoming one of those underclassman guys that is you know, having a vital role on this team. Hey, G- Steven, what's the best part of a junior football player? Um, he get him for another year. You get him for another year. That's right. So, Steven, your turn. Um, I'm going to go that one-timer route as well since we're down the last two weeks of the season. So, I think I've only used – I used I used Gavin a couple weeks ago. So, I'm going to go uh, – keeping with that special teams mode, I'm going to go with Kale Federlin. I think um, this is going to be one of those games where – 
you know, it's going to be a knockdown drag out. It's going to come down to field position. It's going to come down to, you know, are we inside the 25? Do we need that field goal to get us some points? And then I also think defensively, I mean, he's going to keep doing what he's doing. And he's started to get a little bit of a mean streak on the offensive side, too. So I think he's just one of those guys that has really started to round into shape, too, just like you guys are talking about. And I think he's going to be key to the success for us on Friday night. I think it's so uh, amazing that, you know, a class 1A team of our size, we have a kicker, you know, very reliable kicker that can kick from a good distance, too. I mean that's just just such a nice weapon to have in your your well, your bag. You figure the last two teams that we've played have not attempted right. any even extra points. Not right. even field goal. They haven't tried an extra point. Right. They've gone for two every time. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you flip a coin, maybe fifty fifty if you get that. So, you know, suddenly you're looking at, hey, we're at twenty one eighteen instead of twenty one twenty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in recent history, if you go back to the last time these two teams played in two thousand seventeen West Branch won the game 24 to 23 at Durant. Stevens special teams played a big role in that one, if I recall. Bo Cornwell, 40 some yard field goal to win it. Yep. Yep. And so hopefully and we're not put into that situation again. Yeah. <laughs> and and if we are, Kale Federlin mm-hmm. is a is a good guy in good yes. guy in that position. I'd like to I mean I, I take my chances with him, you know, on a field goal attempt. He's he's a, been a pretty salty kicker for West Branch in his Two well, year and a half now, season and a half of of being in that position. Wrapping things up, we can't do that without talking about our sponsors, guys. The Talking Bear Football Podcast for the 2020 season is presented by Barnhart's Custom Services, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants, Corridor Drywall, EMS Detergent Services, Fidelity Bank and Trust, the Fullwider Insurance Agency, Hodge Construction, the Hoover Presidential Foundation. Liberty Communications, Main Street Suites, Marcy Willier with Urban Acres Real Estate, Touched by Power, and the West Branch Times. And our sponsors lead to everything West Branch Bears football. That means westbranchfootball.com and all of our social media outlets, Stephen. Also, you can go to westbranch.football. West so Branch. don't forget that one. Yes, you, do that. <laughs> um, you can go on to Twitter. At WB Bears Football, I saw some interactions after I got home from the game Friday night. People calling me out for misleading Matt. I I was wrong. That was not Dom Culver's first career touchdown. He scored last year against <laughs> Bellevue. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Twitter, thank you for correcting us. At WB Bears Football. Instagram. Uh, I was actually talking to Maddie Hartz because she got some call out on our player profile interview. I said, well, the interview is posted on Facebook. She said, oh, I don't see it on Instagram yet. Well, it's on Instagram. Instagram. Well, it was. It they love took the like gram. two minutes after Facebook. It's all about oh. the gram. At WB Bears Football. Facebook, like I said, you can just search West Branch Football. You can find it there. We've got a YouTube channel where we've got all those past videos. Uh, Jason and I previewing the week. Highlights. You've got the uh, coach interviews, the player profiles. There's some fun ones out there. And then, of course, uh, podcast-wise, subscribe, follow us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I'm a big Spotify guy. Uh, whatever other spot podcast player you like out there, just search Talking Bear Football. Matt puts show notes and other technical stuff that I don't know. I just plug in my computer and start talking, and he makes it sound good from there. So <laughs> that's right. Subscribe, like it, follow it, get some more details every week. Now I should have got called out at the end of the last game, guys, with my interviews because I missed one very important part. Oh, we had the Hoover uncommon play. 
I we should have given some credit to Dom Culver's shoes. Talk about uncommon. <laughs> you didn't need the lights at McCorkata Valley Field. Those shoes would light it up with the, with in their color. They were probably well, the MVP, don't you think? And that's funny because I actually was talking with Jody Culver at one of the practices, and she had mentioned she's like. You know, the best thing to do when you're the mom of one of the kids, get them the brightest shoes. You know exactly where they are yep. all the time. That's how I identify them. Well, let's hope they keep. she keeps seeing him in the end zone. That would be a good thing for Bears fans. Very good, yeah. For Jody and all the Bear fans. And we thank you, the Bear fan, for listening alongside Stephen and Matt and myself to the Talking Bear Football podcast. Right here on WestBranchFootball.com. Please take, take care, care, everyone. everyone. <laughs> good job, Stephen. <laughs>